Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and I got a special guest with me today coming from the good city of Augusta, Georgia, my good friend, Cousin Colby. Thank you for joining me, man. Man, appreciate you for having me. I'm honored. I'm honored. What's good? Ain't nothing, man. It's funny because... I feel like we're old friends, and ironically, I actually came across you in another podcast, uh, yeah. Conversations with Mo, which actually was a good podcast. And um, yeah. anybody listening, make sure you check hers out too. And um, you was just dropping some good knowledge, and I said, "Man, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta talk to that guy, man." And <laughs> I reached out, and I was surprised how fast you reached back, man. And I truly appreciate you doing this for me. Yeah, yeah, nah, man. I think like you know, it's like when when people take their value, like people value. I value people who value their time. You know what I'm saying? So when you you got the courage and and you reach out to me and you got the time, like I'm like, all right, nah, I need to show this person their ample, you know, credit their ample time. So, um, no, nah, I just love it uh, when I reach out to people and connect with people outside of my realm. That's that's. You know, we cooking when I'm when I'm connected to people who I don't see every day. So yeah, right. So the man. So I'm going to start with how you caught my attention. So okay. when I was listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. you said your mom left when you were seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. How so, did that come about, man? Yeah. So it was it was it was a crazy thing, man. Uh, you know, it was seven of us in the in the in the crib. Seven of us, seven boys. I'm the middle of nine boys total. Um, my mom and my dad was going through like this horrible relationship. Like I think they was kind of forced on to be married. And um, uh, usually, nothing good comes of those. Um, kudos to those that it does. Something good does come. But um no, it, it turned bad. It turned sour real quick. And my mom's left. She left. She left us and she never turned back. And uh so we was left to fend for ourselves and, and figure life out. And um, you know, here we are. Here we are. So you said you, you said you believe the marriage was forced on her. What what do you mean by that? Um, you know, I think uh, back then, man, my dad, so my dad died in 2016. My dad, I think he'd be like 62, 63 today. So, you know, back then, man, it was like, uh, especially coming from, you know, the Bible Belt, it was like, yo, if you shacking together, you might as well get married. And I don't think they were fit to be in a true relationship. But um, at the time, they had my two older brothers. Uh, uh, before they got married, and it was like, you know what? They might as well. So they got married, and uh, but the re- relationship wasn't healthy at all. Um, it turned bad because uh, my mother was was using my older brothers to um, um, to stay out of school to take care of the younger brothers, which was us. And as she as they were taking care of us. She was out partying, doing whatever she wanted to do. And my dad found out. And when he found out, he lost his mind. And uh, um, um, I definitely don't condone uh, domestic violence. But uh, he he beat her up. Yeah, beat her up bad. Um, and um, she left. She left. And she left her boys. And I, I, and I, and I believe it was just one of those things where um, – Maybe she was so afraid that, you know, she just never wanted to turn back. So, yeah. Wow. How old were they? Um, I don't know. I don't know truthfully how old they were. But I would say I was, my pops was 31 when I was born. So I was, uh, at that time, I was around six, seven. So roughly 37, 38, like somewhere around there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because usually, okay, well, you know what? Let me back up. Because when I when I say I, I was wondering how old were they when they got married? Okay. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know that. That's something because, I should probably figure out. Yeah. Because, you know, usually when it's a marriage like that's that's arranged, mm-hmm. the, the couple, the, the people involved are usually like 
teens, early 20s. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I know that um, my brothers were so much older. Our older brothers, they were older than us. It was a lot older than us, maybe by seven, eight years um, older than us. So um, I don't know. So if I would have had to get, would have had to guess, I would say he was in his mid to er, mid, yeah, mid to the late twenties. Okay, Mary. Um, but it wasn't like, and I and I think, man, you know, like down here in the Bible Belt, man, it's like around that time it was like, and and my mom, my dad's mother died when he was about seventeen. So his mother died of cancer and um, he had a choice to go with, you know, two families, one over the other. So he chose the one family and that family happened to be the, the father of that family was a, was a pastor at the time. So it was a lot of, you know, it was, it was real religious. It was real, you know, like church every day of the week type of thing. So, you know, there was, there was, uh, they was instilling those, you know, biblical principles on him. So I believe that was, you know, one of the pressures of you got a kid, you know, she's pregnant, then you need to get married to her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, those, like you said, man, those, you know what? This is kind of like off subject, but on subject. But in different cultures, they say, People don't really marry for love. They marry for uh, for business, uh, yeah. other reasons. They say us black people, we tend to marry for love, and yeah. we're the only ones to do that. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think that's more on the truer side than it isn't. Right? I, I think you know we we're spiritual beings. What's next next to spiritual? Love. You know what I'm saying? Love is more of a spiritual thing than than it is anything else because you can't physically see love you can't touch love you know what i'm saying you can't taste love so i think it's more of a spiritual thing and and i think black people are spiritually rooted people that's who we are um no matter where you take us wherever we go we're gonna find some type of religion we're gonna find some type of spirituality because that's what we are and i think uh for the most part uh, with the with the love thing, yeah, I believe that because it's in us. So yeah. so now, like, um, my brother, he got married to a sister in Africa, yo, and uh, the sister, like, when he went to to ask for her hand in marriage, like, he had to negotiate with her father. Like, he really had to negotiate with her father on what he was going to take care of. What, what he expect, what he, like, it was a real negotiation. It wasn't like, um, hey, uh, do I have your permission? No, it was a negotiation, like a business deal. So, and she, and she black, but, but that's the root that she came from, you know, more of, um, you know, uh, mother Africa, if you will. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that is, that definitely is interesting because I, I just think about when me and my wife got married, um, it was, you know, we we got married. I mean, of course, I had to ask her, but it wasn't. We didn't go the traditional route where I got her her parents' permission and all that stuff. It was wow. just, you know, we 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 talked about it and we we end up getting married. But I'm I'm I know. But let me be clear. I'm I'm blessed because you know it's it's hard to find a wife, a good wife, and I've been blessed to find one. So that's why I think when you, I think whatever works for you, like if, if you've had success marrying for love, then, you know, but it's almost like the equivalent of somebody standing in marriage when you know it's bad, but you stand for the kids. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's like, yeah, a lot of those, I think, turn, turn bad, but. And then two, you always you get that side too of people who don't know what love is, you know. Like I remember um, when we was doing that podcast, I was telling you about we had a question on, uh, and this may be a question you can ask like future um, um, uh, guests on your show, bro. It's like uh, what it, what is love? Like what is it? You know, and I, and a lot of people go to the biblical version, 
I will love is, but I usually ask, um, you know, is there a difference between love and in love? Like, is it the same or is it different? Like, what is it? And people will identify those to be two different things, which is interesting to me because it's like, well, in love is only, you know, that's for the narrative. That's for the reader side. The narrative is explaining that I'm in love with this woman, saying that I'm more intimate or I'm more affectionate with this person more than I am not with someone else. But I think if you take away, you know, the the affection, you take away the uh, intimacy, you take away some of those things, the core basis of what love is, is just love. It's just love. I think love is bigger than us. Um, it was here before us. It's going to be here after we're gone. And uh, love is not something that you can manipulate or uh, minimize to be something else. You know, that's for people who go into relationships and say, you know, did one moment I love you and now I don't love you anymore. I don't think love, you can't turn love off because it's so, it's a huge thing. It, it can't be controlled like the way people think it is. So I think a lot of times uh, that's on the other side is you get a lot of people who just don't understand what, what love is or they haven't figured it out and they're figuring it out during the relationship that they're in. But because the affection is so high, they believe that that is what love is and it's not because the affection will die. Yeah, that's that's and that's deep because you're right. I mean, you, you, man. I want like it's a lot of because it's a lot of people in relationships, relationships, marriages, and and I I've always interpreted the two as made different. Like yeah. you can love somebody and not be in love. Yeah. Yeah. Now to me. I think once you've been in love with a person, because you can you can fall in and out of love with a person. I think people forget that. I don't think people understand that. You can be in love with a person, not be in love with a person, and then fall back in love with a person. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of believe, uh, Jay, I, I believe like that it's more of affection. Affection has a feel. Affection is a feeling. When you see somebody, you get butterflies in your stomach. That's not love. I think that's affection. Like, that's somebody you always dreamed of. You always thought you would be with. That's somebody that you premeditated in your mind prior to seeing this person. Oh, my God, she's awesome. Or he's awesome. Look at his eyes and all these things. You're fascinated with this person. And that, because we're human, identifies certain feelings. You know what I'm saying? When you... When you go and um, sometimes people don't know they're hungry until they see certain foods. It's like, 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 like they say the eyes are the windows of the soul. So I believe what's happening is like it's just um, it's like a um, projection of what you think you know. And then sometimes they get into a relationship with these people and then they realize, ah, you went what I thought. Or um, the relationship dies prematurely and they still stay together because they they were high off affection so high you know what i'm saying and i think like i don't think necessarily and and, and, and we talking micro macro right um um there's no wrong or right answer to this right I, I just feel like i don't think we actually have the power to to fall in love with somebody and commit ourselves to fall out of love with somebody. I don't think we necessarily have that control. I think something actually takes place. So, so if somebody say they don't love them no more, then, then what has happened is that love has been replaced with something else. And it's usually anger or hate. Something got in the way, like, you know, blocking that transmission of love. But they say it's a thin line between love and hate. Why? Yeah. Why would they say that? It's because hate is blocking the transmission of love. You know what I'm saying? But the moment, like, they identify that, oh, he's okay now or she's doing all right now, now they can unblock that with that hate or that anger. So, you know, that's just my opinion. But I, I think it's more, more like, you know, there's no right or wrong. I just believe that love is bigger than us. And I don't think we had the power to take it and be like, 
I, I like I'm in I'm in love with her. I'm out of love. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we had that power. So okay, I want to go backwards because you talk. You use the word affection. I'm gonna ask you a question. Yes, did you did you grow up getting affection? Um, I believe so. I believe I got it um, from my dad more than in my mother. Right? Um, my mother did give it to me the times in that short period of time. Um, also, I think I like when I was growing up. Like I don't know, I had this thing. Older women just like me. I don't know. So it like I always seen it, but I wasn't able to at that age to identify it or or sit to really recognize. Oh, this is what it what it is now. So because I grew up, okay, let me let me be clear. I grew up my mother. I grew up with my mother and my stepfather. My mother, my family loved me, right? Mm-hmm. But in my house, there wasn't there was little to no affection. Mm-hmm. So. When me, so when I first met my wife, right, mm-hmm. that was the first time that I was receiving genuine affection. Mm-hmm. So that affection she was giving me was like a magnet. Like I couldn't stay away from her. It was something new. It was something right. exciting that I never was experiencing. Mm-hmm. So as time progressed with me and her, mm-hmm. um, you know how it is. You, you get used to anything. And the the affection I wasn't getting is you know as a child coming up, she gave it to me, and then I got used to it. So after I got used to it, then I converted back to who I am, and who I am is a is a man who's not really affectionate. You know, I show love, but right, 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 right. I struggle with affection, and that's all a part of how I grew up. Right, See? right, right, right. And and I think a lot of I think a lot of relationships, marriages experience the same thing. Like you you lose that you lose that affection because a lot of us. You know what? Let me back up. I shouldn't say a lot because that's not a fair number to say. But there's a good amount of us who grow up without affection. Yeah. And then you know once we get into these relationships and marriages, it begins to show up, and it doesn't show up early. Mm-hmm. It shows up later. And that's the problem. You fall in love with each other. You know, you, you become accustomed to, because, you know, I, I was giving my wife, you know, the quality time she needed, the quality time she wanted. So everything was good. And in turn, she was giving me the affection that I wasn't used to getting. Right. But once that, you know, once that feeling wore off, you know, because I'm not a quality type type guy, I'm working on it. Right, right, right. It's something that I've, and I'm, you know, we've been married 16 years and I'm still working on it. Every day is something that I have to work at. Right, right, right. So it's, it's just that transition period that you go through between getting, you know, when you haven't got something and then you get it, it's like you just, you just become so attached to it. You want more and more. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I can say like, you know, like, 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 um, I, t- I even said on most show. Like, yo, I'm not the one, like, I don't, like, I ain't affectionate at all. Like, we grew up in the street, so it was like, I don't know if it just wasn't cool, but it was just, you know, like, all the holding hands and all that. Like, I just, I wasn't that, that, and and, and at times it feel weird, you know, like, like, all the lovey-dovey stuff. It's like, and, and you're right, it's just something that just as men. Many of us have to have to work on. We have to figure it out. Um, I, I try to go with this principle: um, people never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. If you're not working to become better, then you're hoping that you don't get worse. And you can't you can't live on just hope alone. It must take work. You know what I'm saying? It must take that in order for that to happen. And I think like. Um, even me, like, so I'll find somebody who's good at that. And usually the one that's good at being affectionate is not good at, like, quality. You know, like, um, I, even on the show, um, I was telling you about when we was doing the podcast, um, my cast, my castmate uh, E, him, him and his wife is on the show. And um, I was telling E, well, after the show, we would talk. 
and uh, I, I would talk about some of the things that I would do for my wife. So quality, like my wife, like I would iron her clothes, you know, like she need me to get her something, like go out late whenever. Oh, let me go get it. I'm going to get it because I feel like, you know, one, you in competition with who might be the next, <laughs> who might, you know what I'm saying? Like you just never know. But, um, but you, you're also like in competition with yourself, like to make sure like you, you can um, um, own the security of your woman, you know, like she wants to feel secured. So, you know, for me, it's like, nah, what you need? I got you. So I'm going to get, and I'm, making sure things are done. No, I'll get the baby. Let me, let me do this. Let me do that. And it's just, that's me. But when it comes to like being the affectionate side, I ain't have that. But he had that. He had the lubby-dubby, um, booed up, super sweet. Like he had that. But he, what he didn't have was equality. So when we have conversations about it, Q would get upset. His girl, his wife, she get upset. She's like, "Yo, uh, see, I wish you would do stuff like that." And I'm like, "What?" Like to <laughs> me, it's almost like y'all, y'all got it. And I and I told E like she was there, right there. And I was like, E, so look, let's let's each one teach one. Like I I, I learned you you help me learn how to do that. <laughs> then I help you do the quality boy, and we'll be right. good. But you, you know what you know what that comes down to. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, the love languages. You familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so look, I'm gonna be. So I fought. My wife used to always tell me, "You need to read your love. You need to read love language." And I always would ignore that shit. I never <laughs> wanted to read it. So one day, you know, you you know, as you start getting older. And you start maturing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you start thinking about things and you're like, okay, you know what? Let me try something different. So start listening. <laughs> yeah. So she sent it to me one time. Mm-hmm. And I actually read it. And I was like, damn, you know what? I wish I had read this years ago. It would have saved me a lot of headaches and a lot of mistakes because reading it, I found out that my love language. It's quality time, which sounds like it's yours. That's how was how you give love. So a part of that is that's my natural love language. And another part of that was that's what I saw my stepfather do. My stepfather was a good man. He he did all the grocery shopping. He did, you know, he took my mother to work. Whenever she needed something, he did it like he was there. Like that was his thing. He was there. So that was my example for marriage. Okay. So the problem is that's not my wife's love language. Right. Her language is quality time spent. So while I'm running the streets, making sure everything done, putting gas in the car, doing the grocery shopping, it's not that she didn't appreciate it because she did. It's just that's not her primary love language. Right. So once you learn what a person's love language is, you know, how how you – how you you learn how you give love, how you like to receive love. Because honestly, I I never really sat down and thought about how I like to receive love. You just don't think about it. You just you just continue to live day by day, but you're not sitting down thinking about, okay, this is how I like to receive love. This is how I like to give love. And then you you don't even know what your partner like. So it's like, you know, I know what she like, but I don't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't sit down and really think about, okay, this is her primary love language. So quality time is, you know, she, she appreciate me doing all that stuff, but she really, you know, is moved by quality time. Yeah. So it's really important. And, 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 and we just shy away from it. A lot of men, but yeah, that quality time, that, uh, that love language is, it really helped me. So. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that joint should be in like, like counseling one-on-one before you even get married, you know what I'm saying? So you can understand, because I think that information is so vital that it can it just carry you uh, years. And it can save you so much time and frustration in a relationship because you like you don't know. And a lot of times you're doing what you think you know, right? You, you think you know that she likes this or she wants that. And, and, and what you realize, like, you know, um, I'll tell you something, man, like we had a conversation the other day and um, 
um, my wife worked a high stress job. So when she would come home, she like thinks a certain way. And in my mind, I was like, well, let me give her this quality time to help her de-stress when she get off work. But what I didn't realize, I was neglecting other things. And the other things that I was neglecting was contributing to stressing her out. Mm. And, and I didn't realize that uh, my father passing made me prioritize things in that way. It's like, no, that's not important. This is what's important. So I was doing what I thought I knew. And then later I realized just having conversations with us like, no, like, oh, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? And and I just would have saved years of time, like just all this time, like pinning up in my head, no, this need to, even though she would tell me like, no, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, no, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? So my priority was, Nah, I just need to make sure you take me care of. And she's telling me, she telling me what to do, but I wasn't hearing it because in my mind I had these things prioritized. And I think um just just in 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 all men, men need to learn those love languages. Uh, mine's is more of active service, right? It's like, yo, like, like and I kinda I wanna I wanna receive love how I give love. You know, acts of service is, is is my thing. So I like, oh, you need me to do this? All right, boom, let me go get it. Like, like <laughs> acts of service, that's just me. Like, so I like to receive love in that way. And, uh, but it's very informative for every couple to have that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Well, while you was talking, you gave me an idea for an event. I share it with you afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah, <so>. definitely. <laughs> Man, I, I say it's, it would have... It, it's funny. So your yours is that mine. Ironically, mine is different. Mine, I give love by service, like, mm-hmm. but I like to receive it with gift. Like, mm-hmm. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy my love. <laughs> that's a good one, though. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so um. Getting to the the topic you were saying about your mom, were you were you two able to reconcile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I had I got to a certain point in my life, man, where I just realized that uh, uh, that it was it was time. Um, I would see her, but it wasn't like you know, it wasn't a real thing, you know. And and even to this day, it's not really a real thing. And I think people kind of think like, oh, you have to go back to, no, nah, you don't go back to anything. You go back to what you were, but you, but you set the, you set the runway for it to be what it needs to be. And, uh, and one of the things was that, um, I was just going through life and, uh, I was asking God, like, I was like, yo, like, you know, show me what I need to do. Like, like whatever it is, like, like open, open, open me up. Right. And, um, and, and it was, uh, it was honestly off of, so I didn't tell you this. Two of my brothers were killed. Oh man. Wow. So 2006, one was shot and killed in 2012, six years later. Um, another my brother of mine, somebody pulled out in front of him intentionally while he was on a motorcycle and he was thrown off. So after that, uh, my brother Dre got killed. It was like, yo, stuff like this don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not being funny. I'm like, yo, like, dude got brothers too. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, why you got to take mine selfishly? Right. And I was just trying to figure out life. Like, why? Why was this going on the way it was going on? I never heard this before. And um, um, so I was like, you know what? I'm a fast for seven days. He was like, I'm a fast. This guy, you gonna tell me? And I was like, in my mind, I was deboing God. I was like, yo, you gonna tell me what I need to know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like trying to check God. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so during that process, I think I got like the third, fourth day. I had no hunger the entire time. 
I, like I, it just wasn't on my mind. I was just trying to figure out. I was so determined to figure out what it was, like what it was going on. Why was this happening? And um, I remember um, every day I would go and I would get a Lisa, like one of those smoothies, like just a, um, uh, like one of those uh, uh, nature smoothies. Okay. So, so I'm I'm in the grocery store and I go, and out of nowhere, some say like eat. I'm like, should I eat? Like, you know, like, and my hunger came back because I didn't have a hunger, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm gonna get some. So anyway, um, um, that same day, um, I was listening to something. I, I forgot what I was listening to. And and um, and I was also reading a book. And one of the books was like the keys to all success or something like that. And when I read the book, all I got from the book was forgiveness. That's all I got. Wow. It was like, it was like, I I hear you. So I left that alone. Then I um I went and uh, when I would watch TV, forgiveness, forgiveness. I hear it all the time. It's like, all right. So I asked my wife, I was like, hey, uh, you think I, I got like unforgiveness towards my mom she didn't blink homie she was like yep i was like wow like, I was like, but that's that's i mean but that's understandable though right 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 so but i realized i was like yo you know and what what i had to learn was forgiveness is not for them it's for you yeah you know um because like like, let's just say that um, a burden represent a tire in the grass, and we leave that tire there for 15 years. Now, the grass and the dirt have risen over the tire, but the tire's still there. Like, it, it, didn't, it didn't deplete. It didn't disintegrate. It didn't go anywhere. It just got covered up. And right. what I realized was, it was so many years of this being covered up, my grass growing over this thing. I just never felt it. It, it didn't affect me anymore, right? So, um, but when I started to pull back that grass, I remember it was still there. So you can never really service that grass like you need to because you got this big old hill that doesn't belong, you know? Yeah. So, um, so what I did was I reached out to him. I was like, yo, uh, you know, I reached the, time in, a, in my life or a place in my life where I know I can't go further. Like, I thought I never had a grudge or unforgiveness towards you, but apparently I do. And I want you to forgive me. I didn't ask her to, like, I, like you need to ask me to forgive you. It's like, I want you to forgive me. You know, and um, the blessing in that was like, she went and asked my other brothers. She went and asked people. So she was able to get moved. And sometimes like what we don't realize because we got so many things stuck up in our heart and our, uh, and, our, and our souls, bro, is that we're prohibiting other people from connecting to whatever it is they need to make peace with. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like, all right, like it, it was necessary. Now, our relationship hasn't been whole, but it was a start. And, and we laid that, um, that runway for it. Wow, man. I... First of all, I commend you for just taking that step because, I mean, we know we know the power of forgiveness, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's that's easy to do. Yeah, yeah, nah. I it, mean, you, it's not easy. It, it's not easy, man. Like even, like, and we all deal with it. You know, sometimes people ain't ready, right? And and I think the stars aligned in that situation. But for the most part, a lot of times it don't happen that way. You reach out to somebody and they ain't ready. And then our argument come out of what you would thought, you know, you was trying to forgive. And, and that yeah. happens too. But I just think like, you know, it's like you find ways to lay that runway. And whenever it's time, like it'll, it'll come. But like just be available for it. I think that's the, that's the toughest side of it you know what i'm saying uh les brown said this man he said it takes courage to manifest your greatness and i just i'm a firm believer in that that like there's no way you can lay the runway for your greatness if you haven't dealt with the things that was in the way like the plane can't land 
You can't take off. You can't do anything if something is on the runway or something is blocking it, right? So I just feel like many times if we could fix that, it's vital to our success. And, and that's one of the reasons why I say, like, it's not for them. It's for you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Were, you, were you anxious? Were you nervous when you first made that call? Nah, like, man, and, and, uh, I'll, I'll chump that up to the tragedies that I've experienced. I'll chump that up to just growing up um, in a rough life. I'm rarely ever nervous, bro, and, um, or anxious about anything. It's just like, you know, I think I was at that point where it was like, if you receive it, you receive it. If not, I'm, I, I'm cool, too. I respect that, too. I ain't going to be angry because you're not. And I think that's a lot of times uh, what people get. They'll reach out and they'll be looking for a certain response, which I had to learn that the hard way. It's like you have to, in a sense, uh, one of my prayers, uh, and I'm not super spiritual, so I don't want it to like, sound like that because I'm not. Um, but um, I do have a connection in spirituality. And uh, um, one of the things is like I um, – you you just wanna you just want to uh, in a sense make yourself available. You want to allow yourself to because here's what it is like. Uh, Jay, you gonna touch people that I never touch. I'm gonna touch people that you'll never touch. Anybody we know or around us gonna touch like like you are designed to touch these many people. But many times, like if you never get to that point of your greatness or who you are, your purpose, you will never, you'll never make that connection. And, and I believe a lot of us are responsible for those people that we're supposed to connect to. Um, but, you know, I just, I just feel like uh, uh, in that situation, it was needed for me to become, because the cousin Kobe, me as a speaker, none of that existed prior to me um, asking for for forgiveness. None of it. Wow. Uh, how, how do you think that um, the relationship with your mother, how do you think that impacted your marriage? Um, um, I'll talk to you good and bad. So good, you know, me not having that, it made me long for it for my kids right it made me make sure and and like like you know it's one thing when you marry it's another thing when you can co-parent and it's another thing when you could parent and then know what the other parent would be thinking and what they would like you know what i'm saying like when it comes to your child and it just take work it take work time it take all of that um you say y'all been married 16 we've been we're gonna be married we'll be 10 years um in June. So ten years in June. Um but the thing is um like for my kids it made me invest in a like like a a, a real like I say I'm not affectionate, but when it comes to my kids I am. You know, it's this weird thing because I like it's it's more of a it's real love. But it's more of they need to see that. They need to witness that. And it's also, you know, I'm creating something that never existed in my entire family. You know, all my brothers, like, I'm creating something that never existed. So a lot of times, like, I had to, we talked about the five love languages. I had to learn. I had to study. I had to learn how to be a father. I had to learn how to be a husband. Like, I had to study and read things. I love reading. So, like, I would read articles and I would read things and learn, oh, I should do it this way. I should do this. I should do that. And um, it helped me in that to create something I had never touched, never seen or tasted before. So it helped me and it impacted in that way. On the flip side, like, you know, I still have, you know, um, I believe I still have issues, uh, mother issues, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I still have have uh, loyalty issues, like resentment issues. Like, I, I have that. Like, uh, I learned in, in 2018 that I had like, yo, like I I would always give. I give people opportunities. I would do this. I would do this for people. And then I would never get that back. And then it would make me feel, well, I would feel betrayed. 
because I felt like I put myself on the line for you. Like, you know, so, so I, I learned in 2018 that I, one of my greatest, um, things I value was loyalty. And I didn't know that prior. I, I value loyalty, but it's only because like, um, and I, and I love my dad for it because he stayed. And at times I would, um, my dad would never let us disrespect her. But um, at times I would, you know, value him more and value her less because she left, which is not the way, you know, but, but because of that, and, and then, you know, I have this, this stubbornness about me. So once you've determined you know, you, you, you not on my loyalty side. It's like, yo, whatever, like, <laughs> whatever, like you could get whatever. So, you know, I think that's something that I have to work on. And that's something that I think does hinder me. Though. Oh yeah. I mean, considering that your mom left at an early age, yeah. I mean, that's going to, that's going to create a situation where you would be, less trusting because that's, you know, your parents usually are loyal, you know, they're loyal because, you know, they stay, they make sure that you're good. And the fact that she left, I mean, that was a pretty harsh example of disloyalty. Yeah. yeah. So I I could definitely understand that. You know, I I say in one of my, uh, one of my messages, I say, you know, like, uh, your mother is your first reign of sunshine. They say that if you don't get a certain amount of sunshine, you actually die if you don't get it. And so I do believe there was a certain part of us that was peeled off because we went through it. Um, But I embrace it because um, I also feel like, and this is like, I forgot who said that, when you make a decision, you can also be thinking something else. I, I, I forgot who quoted that. But anyway, um, I also feel like had she been there, it would have contaminated who I was supposed to be. Wow. Yeah, I do feel like that. And, and you know, that's more for people who feel like they're less than because, they're, because they don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah. You you greater than because if you did, it would have subtracted, not added. So you you feel like if she had stayed, it would have been like a toxic environment? Well, I, I just feel like who I was ultimately designed to be, I would never be that person. I'd have never became a cousin Cole. I would never be this deep. I would probably not be married. I would probably like, you know, like I got a lot of elements to me. Like I don't drink. Like, I don't smoke, like, you know, certain things. Like, I just have this strong mind, I believe. And those things probably wouldn't exist had she stayed. Wow. Man, that's... So, <laughs> so I feel like, you know, it was, it was, you know, we grow up thinking like, oh, you did us a disservice. No, you did me a service by doing so. And I, I respect, because I believe that everything happens by design, right? Everything happens by design. Like somebody orchestrated this. Whoever you believe in orchestrated this, made it this way. So if it was to happen the other way, it was going against what he already orchestrated. So, so you know, and that keeps people from living in that past. What would have happened? What, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't walk forward looking backwards. And for me, it's like, nah, like it would have contaminated who I was supposed to be. So I embraced that you wasn't there. I can't call you mother, but you know what I'm saying? But, but I do recognize who my biological mother is and what she did do in the time that she did. But I do know, like, you don't know this person as a, as a man. You probably never know this person as a man, but it would have contaminated who I was supposed to be if you to stay through the course of this journey. So, so you, you, um, you know, you two reconcile, like, have you, have you guys had like a long conversation or it's always like, nah, no, I think, I think it's one of those things where like, 
and she is prideful. Um, we we had you know that moment. Um, it's just certain things that uh, I believe she felt guilty about. You know, when my brother Marcus died in two thousand six, she didn't truly have a relationship with him. So um, she does things like she she'll get his daughter, and she'll build a relationship with her. Um, and it's just certain things that, you know, in my mind, I, I just really didn't agree with because it was like, you, I know, I know my brother, like if he was here, he was like, nah, like he, like, cause he wasn't, and he was, he was a stronger head than mine. So he wasn't reconciling. Like he just wasn't on that. Like it was what it was and that's what it was going to be. So, you know, I just feel like, um, like, no, we didn't have a deep conversation, none of that. She never explained why, uh, what was the purpose. She kept it to herself. And even though my dad gone, she still keep it to herself. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, it is what it is. And I try not to, uh, I'll tell you this, man, this is this one gym I had to learn, bro. Like, lower your expectations for people, man. Like, people should lower their expectations for people. And, and like, 2018, I had a prayer of Lord, like God, like forgive me for having so high of an expectation of people that when they failed at my high expectations, I was disappointed. Like forgive me for that because it was almost creating an impossible task for a lot of people. And, um, and that's, that's the thing. So, you know, I lowered my expectation and I stopped expecting her to be what I, well, you need to, I need to have this uh, aha moment and I need to have this, um, this closure. It's like, nah, sometimes you'll never get that. You'll never get that. That's a, because <laughs> a lot of people always want it though. Yeah, they want <laughs> it. Yeah, like, um, I'll tell you this, it's funny. It's kind of off subject, but on the subject. Uh, friend of mine um she's going through problems with her husband uh, both of them good friends and uh she uh he was like yo uh he was like he told me he was like yo like i don't know what's going on he's like she, she keep catching me he was cheating or whatever he, she keep catching him up he was like bro she was in the car one day and i hollered at this girl in the gas station i said why you do it he said i don't know I believed him. She wouldn't have, but I believed him. And um, so uh, anyway, after helping them work through it, work through it, she she kept she kept talking about yo. I just need to know if he was talking to this person or he if he was doing did he do this did he do that? And I just played out her. I said sis, I said uh, I said what if you write? And he told you exactly what you know. What happens then? And it stopped her in her tracks. <laughs> like she had thought that far. Like, what if I am right? What will I do then? I'm like, you so adamant about knowing this. I'm sure you might be right. So what happens when he confirmed the thing that you already know? Then what? And it's like, she ain't have nothing. And I think what it is, what we do as humans, we, we know these things already. We know the answers to these closures. We know the answers. Like, we have it in our soul. Like, we're spiritually connected. So we have it in us. But the problem is we get so caught up on needing somebody to affirm that thing that we already know. And that's truly what it is. It's like, nah, like, you become insane chasing that. And the reality of it is, bro, is that, nah, you don't need closure. Like, but what you do need is healing. What you do need is fixing. And if you put the same energy into closure, into fixing yourself, into building yourself up, instead of tearing yourself down, trying to discover this answer that you already know, you will become a better person. Like I said originally, people don't, people never stay the same. They either get better or they get worse. If you're not working to become better, you're hoping you don't get worse. Wow. Man, I, I tell you what, man. I have truly, truly enjoyed 
having this conversation with you, man. You opened my eyes up about a lot of things. Right. It's always great to talk to a brother who, you know, well-spoken, intelligent, and just got a good perspective on things. I appreciate you, man. Um, is there any, is there, uh, you on social media, you want the people who listen to the show to follow you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, look up Cousin Co-op Cousin is just spelled like cousin. So C-O-U-S-I-N. And then uh, C-O-L-B-Y, Cousin Colby on Twitter. Um, you can look me up on Facebook and Instagram. So all of that, uh, Cousin Colby Inspire. It's my website. I'm about to re- relaunch. Um, I got some new things coming in. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm debating maybe this later this year to drop a, a book um, that I've already written. I just got to get the illustrations, everything done. Um, it's called Your Story is Your Superpower. I think it's a playbook to, you know, kind of give people that power to know how to use their, their story to benefit them. And then hopefully uh, 2020, maybe early 2020, I'm going to drop a, uh, uh, a, a book for the women to empower them to, uh, so they'll know that they are the queens, they are the, they are the royalty that's designed to change this world. But the title of the book is going to convict you because uh, – the title of the book is called It's Not Men, It's You. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, man. Look, I would wish you I would wish you 100% on that one. But uh, yeah. um, if those want to follow me, my Instagram name is jlamp827. Um, again, man, I really appreciate you doing this because it came together so quick. Um, it's, again, it was a great conversation, man. And um I know you got a lot of great things ahead of you. You just got a great, uh, a great perspective, and I'm sure once you really focus on what you really want to hone down and do, it'll all come together for you. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, man, listen, like I'm, I'm, I'm a homie to you. So whenever you need me back, let's get it. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. And um, I want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to this, and um, we'll get back to you next time. Take care.